I saw X-Men Apocalypse, and you know what that means. That's right, folks. I saw X-Men Apocalypse, and uh, let's get right into it. There is a lot to unpack. This is a, uh, a crazy movie. Uh, so a couple things up top. Um, I feel like you have to be careful when you're adapting a beloved storyline like this, but uh, I think they did a really great job. Uh, and full disclosure, I, I haven't read the source material, the comics that they based this on, um, but... Uh, Hey, I mean that's you know fodder for another episode, right? So, um, so let's let's get into it. This uh, this is an excellent. Oh no, oh no! I made a pun already. Jeez, <laughs> it's an excellent X Men movie. Do not hold me to that. It's an accident. Oh, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not starting over. I'm, I'm just not. So, uh. So this film, uh, it starts bleak. It's it starts real bleak. Um, so uh, the the general idea here is that there's these like mega sentinels and they are killing everyone horribly, <laughs> so violently. Like if you really want to see your favorite X Men dying repeatedly, this is this is the movie for you. Just watch the beginning and 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 I guess enjoy. I don't know. Um, I think part of the end too. Um, it's got that metal guy from Deadpool, which is great. Uh, I'm I'm glad to see he's in uh, in a couple of movies. And um, the uh, the initial X team is it's you know a lot of people we've been waiting to see on screen for a long time. Kitty Pride, who we saw in X3, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, Colossus, like I said, metal guy from Deadpool. Uh, Iceman, Bishop, Warpath. Uh, Sunspot, Shell from Portal. Uh, she does a really great job, actually, of saving everyone until she doesn't. Uh, and then the new Mega Sentinels kill everyone until they don't because of time travel. Because Kitty Pride has fun new powers where she can move people's consciousnesses through time. And she sends Bishop back, and then he warns them, and they were never there. And it's complicated. It's complicated, but it's a cool action scene, except for how everyone dies and then doesn't. Um, they all meet up with Wolverine and Storm and, and, and Xavier and Magneto. And, uh, you know, it's it's original cast members. It's not uh, X-Men First Class. This was actually, this came out after X-Men First Class. And um, they all look a little older, but they're still looking great, especially Wolverine. You guys know how I feel about Hugh Jackman and... Mm, Yes. Um, Xavier is, uh, uh, you know, Captain Jean-Luc Picard, who I love. I love, love, love. I, I wish so much that I was doing a, uh, a Star Trek podcast, but I'm not. Maybe sometime in the future. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to scratch your Star Trek-ish itch, this is totally unsolicited. Uh, but... There's a podcast on the Max Fun Network called uh, uh, Greatest Generation. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's by two guys who genuinely love Star Trek. You can you can hear. I mean, these guys grew up on it, um, and they grew up on Next Gen. So, 
I think they're a little more forgiving of Wesley than I would be, uh, and uh, they hate Q a little bit more than I do, but it's a great show, so uh, absolutely go and check that out. So the general idea here is that they need to stop these Sentinels from happening. Uh, in 1973, Mystique killed uh, the the guy from Game of Thrones, and that sent off her being captured, and these Sentinels, that's why they can absorb people's powers. Did I mention that? They can absorb people's powers? I don't know. Uh, anyway... But uh, so they they're going to send Wolverine's consciousness back 50 years to his younger body uh, so that we can see his ass. And it's all worth it for, for that one shot, because, wow, just wow. I I looked up one time what like his workout regimen is for uh, to, to get into Wolverine shape. And good Lord. I, I mean, I would love to look like that, but I don't have the time, and my body could not sustain that level of... I run three times a week, and my legs hurt constantly. I can't understand how he's a functioning human being and still looks like that. Good lord. Anyway, so they send him back, and we see his butt. Uh, he makes his way to the X-Mansion and uh, meets up with Xavier and Hank McCoy. And Xavier uh, doesn't have his powers. He's taking drugs to suppress his powers. He's really, really not having a good time with life, except for that he can walk. Sure, why not? Um, there's, a, there's an interesting scene where uh, basically young Xavier and old Xavier meet in Wolverine's brain. And uh, that's fun, right? Um, uh, sure. Uh, it was an excuse to have uh, James McAvoy and um, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart in the same scene, which is fine. I adore both of those actors. They're, they're magical. So I'm, I'm hoping that sometime in the future there's an X-Men film where g- like genuine time travel is involved and old X-Men and new X-Men team have to team up and... That'd be real fun. Anyway, um, so they have to free Magneto from his cell underneath the Pentagon because he's the guy who killed John F. Kennedy. Sure. And uh, this leads to one of the best scenes in the entire film, and that is Quicksilver. They find Quicksilver and convince him to help. Magneto is, of course, his father, depending on uh, who you ask and whether he's an inhuman or not and i don't i don't know how any of it works anyway <laughs> i don't know with the new launch i don't know if they're inhumans him and scarlet witch don't care i don't care i love it uh, anyway this leads to one of the best scenes in the entire film they free him and then we get to see quicksilver kind of help them escape um, the sprinkler system goes off and he has this slow-mo scene where he runs through and he's like beating up all the guards and messing with all kinds of stuff and the music is amazing and it's just, the whole film is worth it for this one scene, which is saying something because the whole film is really, really good um, to a certain point. Uh, and this, actually, I think this is that, this, that point. It gets a little slow after this. Um, because they get real heavy into the stuff with, uh, uh, Bolivar Trask and the Sentinel program and Mystique is, you know, dealing with William Stryker and 
it it it, it becomes a little bit of a slog, right? But um, you know, they find Mystique, and there's a whole like public revealing of the mutants because Beast shows up, and they fight Magneto, and uh, Mystique gets shot in the leg, and there's this really Oh, a really crazy scene where uh, Magneto is dragging her towards him using the bullet that's stuck in her leg, and it's gross. Oh, it's gross. Anyway, um, Xavier gets his powers back. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it's it's at this point he speaks to his future self, and you know, then he's Xavier again. Basically, all of this leads to a giant fight scene, yeah, where, uh, is it, it's, it's, it's at some footballing stadium, and, uh, they're fighting the Sentinels, and, uh, Magneto's reprogrammed the Sentinels, and, you know, it's, it's everything you'd expect from a big giant final act like this. Uh, there's a, a very cool scene which is reminiscent of uh, in the comics when uh, Magneto tore all the adamantium out of Wolverine where he just, uh, but in this scene he's um, kind of taking like heavy duty metal pipes uh, and just kind of piercing them and they're, they're all like going through his body and then he throws them in the Potomac River which is insane. Um, and of course, in the, the worst timing in the future, the X-Men are, uh, fighting the Sentinels because the big crazy Sentinels have attacked, but they can't go back into the past, uh, and do that trick because she's still sending Wolverine into the future, which it depends, I guess it depends on which episode, which episode, which version, version you're watching, because at one point Kitty Pride is exhausted or wounded or something and Rogue absorbs her powers and then continues sending Wolverine to the future. You know, lots of fun, like you do. Um, and everything turns out great. Uh, they convince Mystique not to kill the guy and Magneto runs away and uh, Mystique is seen as a mutant saving the president. So the Sentinels never actually happen and the future is secured. My favorite part of the entire movie happens uh, now where Wolverine wakes up in the future present and everybody's there and alive and fine. Jean Grey and Scott Summers from the original X-Men movie show up, and it's great. And then, oh man, I lied, we're gonna speak of it. The best part of X3, the only good part of X3, is Kelsey Grammer as Beast, and he shows up! I shouted in the theater when I saw this, and I said, yes! I wanted it to happen, and it did! And it did. They kept they kept Kelsey Grammer's beast. That's great. It's great. It's wonderful. Uh, he explains it to Xavier, and in the 1973, uh, Mystique is being Striker and takes custody of Wolverine out of the river, which is also real strange. Uh, I don't know if they ever get into that stuff. And uh, apparently, in the post credit scene, uh, which I totally missed. Uh, it's, uh, a clue for, uh, Apocalypse, I guess. Uh, he's building pyramids with his telekinesis, and then there's four horsemen and whatever. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess the next film would be, uh, that's weird. Why would they have that in this one? This one is X-Men Apocalypse. Huh. Well, 
hey, who knows? It's Brian Singer. You know, it's 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 Fox. They uh, they make uh, they make strange decisions sometimes. You know, who am I to complain? Um, this this is a lot of fun. This this movie is a blast. I, I really enjoyed it. It is one of my favorite X Men movies, uh, right behind X Two, which is uh, still I think my favorite. Hugh Jackman, of course, I think is wonderful. James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender. And Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. I mean, these these guys are such wonderful actors, each and every one of them. And Jennifer Lawrence. I don't think I've ever seen Jennifer Lawrence not kick ass in a movie. She's fantastic, and I love that she is. She's in. She's all in on these X Men films uh, as Mystique, and she does a great job as her. And from what I've heard, there is a. Uh, Basically, her contract and Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy, they are all in it together, uh, and it's written into their contracts that they're, you know, they're heavily featured, and all three of them work together, and that's great. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, now, some of the other characters, like Nicholas Holt, uh, his beast is kind of runs hot and cold with me. Sometimes he does a good job, sometimes he doesn't. Um, I could take it or leave it. Of course, Kelsey Grammer is the best beast. Sorry. Uh, it was cool to see Ellen Page as uh, as Kitty Pride again. Because, you know, the X3 was absolutely terrible. <laughs> so it was good to see her uh, do something more, uh, more enjoyable uh, with that role. And, of course, Peter Dinklage, I just called him, you know, the guy from Game of Thrones. But Peter Dinklage is a wildly talented actor. And... Um, it's it's great to see uh to see him added to this as well. Evan Peters, I don't know anything about Evan Peters, but Quicksilver is a lot of fun and I I hope that they um they do more with him in the future. And uh so yeah, uh X-Men Apocalypse, the the newest X-Men film, it's it's really good and I I totally recommend you going to see it. There's uh there's time travel sort of uh, the action is great, and it's got all the X-Men old and new. So uh, go and check it out at your earliest convenience. So uh, with that, we're going to commercial, go to commercial, and we will be right back with more Panel Riot right after this. Uh, What's wrong, Will? I just... I don't have any good art. What? I don't have any good art. How can you not have good art? Everyone needs good art. I know everyone needs good art, and I just can't find any. Well, why didn't you come to me sooner? I don't know. Do you know a place? I do know a place. Where is it? Well, if you have access to the World Wide Web. Which I do. Go to www.coyotitude, spelled C-O-Y-O-T-I-T-U-D-E, dot com. Where you'll find lots of good arts. That sounds awesome. What kind of art's there? Uh, do you like whale sharks? I love whale yeah. sharks. Are you kidding me? Use whale sharks. Um, also lots of other animal type stuff. Very cool. Yeah. I love animals. Because if you're gonna put something on your wall, it might as well be an adorable animal. Of course. So is it just uh, is it just like prints and, and things like that? Oh yeah, and stickers. Stick. I love stickers and buttons. And I know that you've got one of the most adorable cats ever. That's true. His name's Watson, and he's been on the show. Watson is a fantastic cat and gorgeous. Mm -hmm. He should probably be immortalized someday. Guess where you can have that done? Where can you have that done? Coyotitude.com. What? You take requests? I do. I do You take commissions? 
That is fantastic. Yep. What's that website again? Coyotitude.com. Spell it. C-O-Y-O-T-I-T-U-D-E.com. Well, I'm going to go on the internet and check it out right now. Sounds good. I saw X-Men Apocalypse, and you know what that means. That's right, folks. I saw X Men Apocalypse, and uh, we are going to get right into it. Uh, a couple of uh, a couple of disclaimers first. Um, I, I I do want to say you you have to be careful when adopting a, a beloved storyline like this, but uh, I, I really think they did a great job. And uh, full disclosure, um, I have not read the source material, the comics that they based this on. But um, uh, hey, you know that's uh, for a future episode. You know we can uh, we can get into that in the future. So. Um, this, I gotta tell you, this was strange. This is one of the strangest, uh, X-Men movies I've ever seen. I, it was not, um, not at all what I expected. Uh, but I, I mean, that's not a complaint. It was still a fantastic, fantastic movie. Um, so, uh, the, the premise of the movie is that, um, uh, there's, um, there's no real easy way to say this. Uh, there's this manned mission to Mars, right? And uh, it's uh, it follows the the crew of the Ares three, and uh, they're exploring a section of Mars called the uh, Acidalia Planitia, right? And um, they're you know running around doing research and uh, uh, you know joking with each other, having a good time. And then a dust storm kicks up. A dust storm kicks up, and. Um, they all crowd into the hab, and the hab is the, uh, the it's short for habitat. It's a little house that they live in, sort of. And um, they decide it's time to leave. Uh, their uh, their mav is gonna not the mav. Yes, the mav. Yeah, the mav is gonna tip over, and if that tips over, then they've got no way off of Mars, right? Um, so they all head for the MAV in this terrible, terrible dust storm, and uh, an antenna and satellite dish snap off and uh, nail one of the astronaut he goes flying his bio monitor is going crazy they think he's dead uh and they have to escape they they have to leave otherwise they're going to be stuck on mars and probably die so um the uh, the astronaut mark watney uh goes goes flying off and um they take off without him they leave mars they they're headed home now they um it cuts back to earth and um the the head of NASA is giving a speech talking about how Mark Watney died and and it's you know terrible and um, he speaks with um, uh, the head of propulsion no he's not the head of propulsion uh, mission director mission director Vincent Kapoor that's it and uh, they're talking about you know they want to get satellite time they want to see Mars they want to see what's left they left a lot of supplies and um, uh, the the Teddy Sanders, who's the administrator of NASA, that's it, or NASA, if you prefer, um, he doesn't want to do it because he's, you're going to see Mark Watney's body, 
right? So they're like, well, we can wait and dust will cover it up and, and so on and so forth. So, uh, but he convinces him to, to let him take a look. Now we cut back to Watney and, uh, he wakes up and he's got a low oxygen warning. His alarm's going off and his, he's got an antenna puncturing his abdomen. It's crazy. Uh, he gets to the hab, he takes off as much of his suit as he can, and he just, he, there's this, <laughs> there's this amazing, oh, it's, it's, this is Matt Damon, it's, it's worth mentioning that Matt Damon is playing Mark Watney, which is crazy, how did they get Matt Damon in an X-Men movie, I thought he was, uh, uh, Matt, Matthew Bourne or something, or, or Jason Bourne, Jason Bourne, I don't know, I haven't seen any of those, but, I mean, they got him, I mean, they, they, they got him in an X-Men movie, so, Great. I can't, see, can't wait to see where that goes. Um, so he's got this antenna, antenna, antenna in his abdomen. He pulls that out um, and he staples himself up. And um, it's really gross. Really, really gross. Um, but he starts up a video diary, which is how we, you know, basically get a, a lot of his inner thoughts and everything like that. And he, he realizes that in four years... Four years, Earth years, um, the Ares 4 crew is going to arrive, and they're going to land somewhere called Schiaparelli Crater, which is uh, 3,200 kilometers or 2,000 miles away in four years. So he has to survive for four years. He assumes that NASA thinks he's dead. His crew thinks he's dead. So he's on his own. He's got no communication with Earth whatsoever, and he has to survive, right? He figures out that he has enough food to last 300 souls, which are roughly 309 days. Souls are uh, uh, Mars days, basically. Um, so he makes a farm. He makes a farm on Mars. He's got Martian soil fertilized with his own leavings, shit, his own shit, and the, the shit that his crew left behind. Uh, and um, he's got little potatoes. He's got genuine actual potatoes uh they were going to be there for thanksgiving and they were going to cook those and so he cuts them in half and plants them and because he's a botanist he is the mission botanist amongst other things now if you know anything about space travel and nasa you know he's not just a botanist he's also an engineer and all these other things and there's redundancies and and it long story short you should absolutely read um the uh, the book that was released by Chris Hadfield, uh, who um, who is a genuine real life astronaut and talks about what it actually is to be an astronaut. It's a fascinating book. Uh, it's called An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth. It's it's great. It's it's really fascinating. So uh, so definitely check that out. Anyway, back to X Men. Um, he needs water of course so he kind of extracts the hydrogen from leftover rocket fuel right uh which goes about as well as you'd think of course and then it like it it works and then he blows up and then it works and then he almost blows up and then he's all right yeah and then he gets to work uh modifying one of the rovers there's two rovers left over unfortunate rhyme i'll grant you uh, and uh, he has to modify it to make longer and longer journeys so he can eventually make that 2,000-mile trip. Um, back on Earth, they find out that he's alive. They see that he's dusted off the solar cells, and he's uh, uh, moved the um, the rover and everything like that, and this is trouble. 
Um, they know that it's going to go public immediately because they have to release all of their findings to the public. And um, it's crazy. It, they it's nuts. They don't know what to do. They've never had a scenario like this, and it's it's really really good. It's everybody in this uh, in this is is very good. The flight director uh, named Mitch Henderson, who is played by oh, it's another Game of Thrones actor, um, but only sort of, only just the guy who dies and everything. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, uh, Bean, Sean Bean, Sean Bean. My brain is not with it today, guys, and I am sorry for that. Um, Sean Bean is in it. Uh, Teddy Sanders, who I mentioned earlier, is played by Jeff Daniels, who does a great job playing his uh, his basically his newsroom character again. Um, and uh, Teddy decides they're not going to tell the Ares 3 crew because it would mess with their heads, and space travel is very... Uh, it's very dangerous. No matter how safe you're being and how professional you are, it's still real, real dangerous, right? So, um, Watney survives and he thrives. And he, uh, he continues... It's really interesting to see, like, all these little problems crop up and he, you know, solves them using science and everything like that. And him just, you know, working and... I'm sorry, that's my phone, it's making noises. Um, Him surviving and thriving on Mars and putting his skills to the test, it's it's really, it's really a a lot of fun. Um, I, I, at this point, I have to say, you know, I I expected one of the other X-Men to show up, you know, Hugh Jackman at least, he's in, you know, almost all of these and, you know, Wolverine is insanely popular, but not yet. No Hugh Jackman yet! But, uh, you know, but we're only about halfway through the thing, and uh, this is X-Men Apocalypse after all. So, um, Watney takes the rover to retrieve Pathfinder, the Pathfinder probe, which, uh, you know, died in 1997. And he's able to use the the camera to establish a kind of rudimentary communication with JPL, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Um, and uh, it's it's amazing. He... Can kind of, they can kind of send like just very very short messages back and forth, and there's a huge delay, and and basically he can tell them that they're alive, that he's alive. Uh, they use the hexadecimal system, which is delightfully nerdy, and um, it's uh, it, it's great. And he gets super super angry when he finds out that uh, they haven't told the crew. He you know really wants them to know that he's alive and that it's not their fault, and they're carrying that weight and. And this is uh, this is a theme for uh, for the entire movie. So, um, Mitch Henderson and Bruce Ing. Bruce Ing is the head of JPL, the as like I said, Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Um, basically, they're going to send a probe. They can strip down and send a probe to resupply Watney with enough food until Ares Four uh, arrives in four years, right? Uh, and then that doesn't work. The probe absolutely explodes uh, due to some, uh, I think it's uh, like it's protein cubes, essentially, and they shift and it throws everything off and it's it's bad. It, it, it explodes shortly after liftoff. Meanwhile, on Mars, uh, one of the Hab's airlocks malfunction explosively decompresses. Watney goes flying, absolutely destroys his crop. Um, he can only salvage a little bit from it and... 
he's in he's in bad shape um now secretly in china um the china national space administration sees all this going on and they have a booster they have uh something called the taiyang shen it's a classified booster because it's china but they can carry the payload to mars um they can resupply him using that they reach out to nasa and uh you know things are underway now at this point uh, a young man named rich purnell comes into uh into play he's an astrodynamicist and he's played by uh donald glover and uh i gotta tell you he uh he did a great job he did a lot of, he was you know even in the book the the character is you know he's quirky and he's interesting but he's brilliant and um donald glover did a great job with this so uh he comes up with a trajectory that will send the hermes crew back to mars he they'll slingshot around earth they'll pick up supplies from earth take those to Mars, and those supplies will be used for the long trip back to Mars and then back to Earth. So they're basically going to slingshot around Earth, go back and get Watney, and then come back. Well, some people like this plan, and some people don't, right? Uh, And Teddy basically says, no, this is ridiculous. We'll use the Taiyang Shen to resupply Watney the end, right? Well, he sneaks the, what's being called the Rich Purnell Maneuver, uh, all the, you know, all the numbers and everything, he sneaks them onto the Hermes. And then once they realize what it is, they kind of say, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to mutiny, sort of. Not sort of. They actually have to mutiny to pull this off, uh, but they do it. Resupply as they fly to Earth and slingshot back to Mars, right? So... It's been, at this point, 461 souls. Uh, and Watney heads to Schiaparelli. Which is another 90 souls. That's insane. That is months. That is months of just driving and recharging and driving and recharging and driving and recharging. Now, at this point, I want to say, this movie is gorgeous. This movie is absolutely beautiful. They make Mars look lovely. It's It's, you know, delightful. It's... It's great. <laughs> this long journey of his, this long trek, he, it, it could be very dull. They could have just, they sort of do a montage where, because he has to keep stopping and um, recharging his solar cells and napping and everything like that. And it's beautiful. It's long, long, long been in my rotation of wallpapers is, you know, scenes and screenshots from this film. It's it's just absolutely gorgeous. So, long story short, he gets to the Mav for the Ares 4, and he has to tear, just tear it apart so it can launch and leave orbit, right? So he has to remove the windows, the nose cone, the exterior panels, the... Um, the radio, the all of the chairs except for one. Um, did I mention the windows? He has to tear out the windows, and he's just going to cover them with hab canvas. Um, he tears out any control panels because they're going to control it remotely. And it's insane. It, it's absolutely insane. So they launch, and he goes up into orbit, and after a bit of absolutely unscientific bullshit, they retrieve him. 
there's a little epilogue where he's back on safe, back on Earth, and he's safe, and he becomes a uh, an instructor for new astronaut candidates. There's epilogues for all the characters. It's it's enormously satisfying. It's a really great movie, but I just I there wasn't a lot of X Men in this movie. I mean, there was there was a little bit. There were little hints here and there. I mean, if you look, if you look really close, there's Easter eggs, and I mean, it, it, there are things there if you're willing to look for it. But this, this seems so removed from the X universe. You know what I mean? There wasn't much mention of Apocalypse whatsoever. But uh, that being said, it's an awesome, awesome movie, and I'm sure in the future. Uh, we're going to see Mark Watney, uh, you know, along with uh, with Wolverine and, and Storm and, and Professor X, and I can't wait. I absolutely can't wait to see how they tie all this in. Um, so yeah, X Men Apocalypse, thumbs up, gets my vote. Go and see it. It is in theaters now. So with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more Panel Riot. <sighs> Will you whining again? Yes. What's the matter? I don't have any good web comics. What? How can you not have any good web comics? I don't know where to find them. We've been over this, Will. Have we? Over and over and over. How many times have I told you? All you have to do is go to soulsworn.com. What's that? What is that? What is it? It is the best web comic. Not safe for work. That you will ever read. Not safe for work. Don't go there if you're a child. <laughs> Really? I don't like things. I mean, I I like things that aren't safe for work, and I like webcomics. What's it about? Did you say Soulsworn? Corey! Oh my gosh, Corey's I here. I heard you guys talking about Soulsworn. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Ellen Soul said Swarm's it's great. a good webcomic. It's a fantastic webcomic. What's it about? Well, do you like sound effects? Yes. Like Donk? I love Donk. And Crunch? Crunch is real good. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, yeah. then you're gonna love this one comic. Okay. Yeah. Also, is there's it... there's big dog people and crab people and there's spider people and there's chicks that die but don't really die and turn into things and there's children. There's lots of children, but don't let that throw you off. There's also a guy that throws fish. Oh, I love guys who throw fish. Yeah. Like that one Muppet. There are Muppets. Which Muppet is it? Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if this wasn't very heavily Muppet-inspired. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Juggling. Fish juggling French Muppet. I, I don't know. I took a lot of acid as a child, I just found out. So, <laughs> I could be wrong. Um, he exists. Yeah. What's it called? Soulsworn? Soulsworn.com. Fantastic. Is there action? Yeah. Is there's... there? Is there cursing? Corey, is there cursing? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, there's a lot of cursing. Is there... Is there naked people? There's a lot of naked people. I don't know why you're whispering about naked people. Well, okay. okay. Soulsworn.com? Yeah, soulsworn.com. Soulsworn.com. I saw X-Men Apocalypse, and you know what that means.
That's right, folks. X Men Apocalypse. Let's uh, let's get right into it. So, uh, a couple disclaimers. First, uh, I feel like you have to be careful when adopting a, a beloved storyline like this, but I really think they did a great job. And full disclosure, uh, I haven't read uh, the source material, the comics that the, it's based on. But uh, hey, you know what? We can do that on the future episode. You know what I mean? It's, there's always time for more comics, right? So uh, so let's get right into it. So um, the the general premise of this movie is that uh, there is an Ancient mutant, uh, played by, um, <laughs> I keep wanting to say Kylo Ren. It's not Kylo Ren. Um, Poe Dameron. It's played by Poe Dameron under a lot of blue makeup, but he still shines through. He still shines through. Uh, and he plays uh, Apocalypse, this ancient mostly Egyptian, but also older than Egyptian, but really likes Egypt mutant, right? And, um, they don't really uh, uh, get into his powers a lot, which I've heard a lot of people complain about. But uh, if you know him from the comics, he kind of m- manipulates things on a molecular level. So, so sort of. Um, they're going to take his consciousness and put it in the consciousness of a another mutant who's a healer, so he'll live forever and blah, 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 blah. It goes poorly, right? It goes poorly. A bunch of people turn on him and collapse his giant... Oh man, giant pyramid on top of his uh, on top of his head, and he gets stuck down there forever until some people bring him back in in current day. They kind of accidentally let some sunlight in, which resurrects him. And Moira McTaggart just happens to be there, and she's not a doctor, incidentally. Now she's a CIA agent. This is the Moira McTaggart from X Men First Class, uh, Rose uh, Rose Byrne, who I love. She's great. I love seeing her in things. Um, they bring him back to life, right, uh, accidentally, and he pops up into the world, and the first thing he does is see Storm, a young Storm, and say, hey, you're working for me. And now you're more powerful. Sure, why not? Uh, she is immediately uh, an agent of Apocalypse, right? First horseman, Storm. Okay. Um, cut to East Berlin, where you've got Mystique, uh, a.k.a. Jennifer Lawrence, and she is investigating an underground fight club, and the fight that's happening is, get this, Angel versus Nightcrawler. I'm gonna... I'm just gonna go ahead and drop a spoiler right here. Angel sucks. Angel sucks. I didn't buy him for a single second uh, that he could beat up Nightcrawler or anyone. Anyone at all. He couldn't beat up uh, someone's grandmother. Especially not mine. My grandma's a badass. She smokes and drinks beer all the time and will beat the shit out of you. For real. Um, He sucks, right? So uh, Mystique leaves him behind, because screw him, right? And uh, uh, saves Nightcrawler. Cut two. There's a lot of cut two. There's a lot of uh, bouncing all around. Uh, An underground black marketeer, Caliban. That Caliban, yeah, from the comics, right? Who I don't know anything about. Sorry, everyone. And um, she's paying him to send Kurt to America, sure. Uh, and then she leaves, and Apocalypse shows up and recruits Psylocke. Sure. Who? Why not? He only wants the most powerful mutants anywhere ever. Let's take Psylocke. Psylocke, incidentally, played by Olivia Munn, who does a great job, Uh Totally believable as Psylocke. Very, very based on the comic. Totally accurate. A lot of fun. 
Good stuff. Aces, thumbs up. Uh, and then they go recruit Angel. And Apocalypse is making more bad decisions because he recruits Angel. He gives him big metal wings that he can fire things out of, and I still don't buy him as a threat. It's I don't know if it's the character design or the actor or what it is. I'm just, just uh-uh, uh-uh, no, no, no. Either way, Apocalypse bakes, ba- makes both of them stronger, right? Cut two. The Summers household. It's it's breakneck speed all the way through, guys. Uh, Alex Summers, Havoc, who you know from X-Men First Class, discovers that his brother, Scott, is Cyclops. He's becoming Cyclops. And he takes him to meet Xavier, and Scott's a whiny bitch. And, and just like in the comics, just it, there is not a single likable moment of Cyclops in this film, much like the comics. He's a whiny nerd the whole way through. He's unpleasant, and I don't want him to come back. I don't know who plays him, and I don't care. I don't want to know. Make him go away. He, however, meets... (laughs) He meets Jean Grey. Jean Grey, who is played by, of course, Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner, who you know as Sansa Stark on the HBO fantasy television series, Smash It, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I... These X-Men movies, they just love Game of Thrones characters. They will just put them in everywhere. Anyway, she's Jean Grey, yeah? Uh, and she does, she's great. She's an excellent Jean Grey. She was very, very enjoyable. They, they did a great job. Deep contrast to Cyclops, who sucks. I don't know if it was just the character who sucked or, or the actor or whatever, but hey, go away, Cyclops, forever, right? Ready for this? Cut two. <laughs> Mystique brings Kurt to the Institute to meet Xavier, right? Cut two. Oh, my God. Apocalypse, ca- <laughs> Apocalypse caused uh, earthquakes all around the world, and Xavier is like, okay, all right. So, Alex, me and you are going to go see Moira, right? Cut two. Poland, where Magneto is good now. He's good. He's got a wife. He's got a kid. The kid communes with animals. It's so sweet. It's so adorable. He's not using his powers because he's Magneto and everybody knows that. And then he uses his powers because a big giant thing is going to fall on one of his co-workers and he saves them and then they talk to the police and the police show up and they accidentally kill his wife and daughter with one arrow, by the way. One arrow through the both of them. Uh, That's crazy and then just like that magneto kills all of them back right and he's sad and and then uh apocalypse shows up and says hey man you're a main character (laughs) let's go to auschwitz what because that's where his power first manifested what a little on the nose anyway he enhances Magneto's powers. Magneto destroys the camp and discovers that he can control the magnetic fields of the Earth. I always like when they do that with Magneto in the comics. That's a lot of fun. So, cut to Xavier is using Cerebro to try to find Magneto because uh, 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 Raven knows that he's in trouble because she heard about his wife and daughter being killed and all the police officers. So he uses Cerebro and Apocalypse 
then gets into Xavier's mind and uses Xavier's mind to make everybody in the world launch their nukes at the same time, not at each other, just into space. Totally disarms all of the nukes on the entire planet. And at this point, I'm watching the movie thinking, all right, okay, let's see where this goes. Um, apparently, Apocalypse can be taken out by nukes. Sure. All right. Um, cut two. Apocalypse shows up at the mansion, kidnaps actual Xavier. Uh, cut two. No, 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 not cut two. Sorry. Um, Havoc shoots an energy blast out of his chest and causes a giant explosion. And then one of the best scenes in the entire film, uh, where Quicksilver shows up. He knows that he's Magneto's son, and he wants to go to Xavier to help find him, right? He shows up just as the explosion starts happening, and a fant- it's, it's a fantastic scene. It's a super speed scene, and he's running through, and he's saving everyone while Sweet Dreams plays uh, by the Eurythmics, and it, it's, it's great. It is a blast. He saves, uh, he saves all the students, every single person, as well as Pizza Dog... Who Pizza Dog got a credit in the credits as Pizza Dog. It is a Boston Terrier, and he is eating pizza, and it's great. He also saves the pizza, in case you were wondering. It's wonderful. He saves everybody, and they all go outside. And then William Stryker shows up with the helicopters. I don't know if he was already on his way or if he heard about the explosion and got there, but it, he got there fast, right? He knocks everybody out, kidnaps everybody which we later find to be the Weapon X facility. Scott, Gene, and Kurt are not kidnapped, but they get on one of the helicopters anyway, and so on and so forth, right? While at the Weapon X facility, they're looking, you know, they're scooby-dooing around, looking for stuff, trying to figure out a way to save their friends, and they find a cage. And there's growling from inside the cage. And Jean's like, no, it's a person. And she opens the cage, and it's Wolverine! It's Wolverine with the Weapon X helmet, and he kills everyone, and it's great. It's a... It's it's a delight. It's a a really fun scene, and uh, you know how I feel about Hugh Jackman, right, guys? Finally, he's right about to leave, and Jean kind of restores part of his memories and uh, takes the helmet off him, and he runs away. He runs off into the Canadian wilderness, and they're like, who hope we never see him again? Screw you, Cyclops. Screw you all day long, right? At this point, we kind of lurch into our ending arc, which is a, a, it's a... It's a huge battle, right? He destroys Cairo, I think, and takes all the buildings and makes it into a big, amazing pyramid again. Pyramid, I can speak. And he does this because he wants to put his consciousness into Xavier's body so he can have amazing telepathy. And he says, now I can be everybody. And that doesn't go well. Go well. Nightcrawler saves him, and then they fight Apocalypse. They fight him a lot, right? And they fight him... <laughs> And then people turn on him, and they fight him. Psylocke doesn't turn on him. He runs away. Psylocke fights Beast, actually. Did I call Psylocke he? Psylocke is a she. Um, She fights Beast in a very cool fight scene. 
and Angel fights Nightcrawler again in a sort of cool fight scene, except Angel's totally not believable, right? And um, everybody basically turns on Apocalypse, except for Psylocke, like I said, she slinks away. And they fight him and they lose and they fight him and they lose and then Xavier is fighting him on like the telepathic plane and he loses as well. And finally he he's being beaten up in his mind palace and he says, Gene, you do it now. And she goes Phoenix and basically burns him away and he's like, all is revealed or whatever. Anyway, they win. It's great. Xavier restores Moira's memory, like, immediately. They rekindle their uh, their little off-and-on business, right? Um, and Magneto and Jean reconstruct the school. Magneto runs away because that's what Magneto does. And uh, Quicksilver stays, though. That's pretty cool. And the X-Men exist again. And they're being led by Mystique. And But <laughs> annoyingly, Mystique... They're all in their costumes, which is very cool. Um, and they're all, like, based off their 90s costumes, which is also very cool. But Mystique starts a speech with, forget everything you think you know. And that made me groan, right? post credit scene. Uh, there are men in suits who are cleaning up the Weapon X facility and stealing samples. And they close a briefcase, and the briefcase says, Essex Corporation. Ooh, Mr. Sinister. <laughs> Probably. Probably Mr. Sinister. Who knows what they're going to do, but it, it should be a lot of fun, right? So um, I want to I wanna do a quick, uh, a quick overview, uh, just a few things that stood out for me, really, in this film. Um, Michael Fassbender is wonderful. He's a great actor, and I enjoy pretty much anything that he's in, as well as James McAvoy. James McAvoy, I knew he was going to be something special when I saw Wimbledon, and I was right, I was right, I was right. You know who else is in Wimbledon? Uh, the guy who plays Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones. I don't watch Game of Thrones! Rose Byrne, I'm a fan of. Jennifer Lawrence, she kicks all kinds of ass. And uh, Oscar Isaac is a delight. I like Oscar Isaac and, and, and everything that he does. Nicholas Holt, uh, his his version of Beast, you know, it's kind of hit and miss for me. You know, it, it burns hot and cold. Uh, Kelsey Grammer, of course, is the greatest Beast. Uh, I was sad to see that he didn't show up in this uh, in this film, but um, you know, you know, maybe next time. And uh, uh, Olivia Munn, I, I like Olivia Munn. I think uh, I think she does good work. So I'm glad to see her, and I'm glad to see the the chance for her to return in future films. Right. Um, Quicksilver scene, of course, was absolutely amazing and hilarious. And I just got to say again, pizza dog, pizza dog, uh, Jean Grey, Sansa Stark was a great Jean Grey. I really, I really enjoyed that. And a lot of these, you know, younger actors and these newer characters, I didn't really like Nightcrawler, Angel sucked, um, Cyclops, you know how I feel, but she did a great job. She did a great job as Green Jean Grey. Can't wait to, to see that again. I heard that the stuff with Wolverine was part of reshoots. They added it on later, and I'm so glad they did. Because, to be honest with you, there was a lot of really slow parts in this, and I feel like that action scene was sorely needed at that point, right? Psylocke, uh, while she was very true to the comics and character design, she didn't have a lot to do. She really didn't do... Um, she didn't 
do much. She fought some people. She had maybe like two lines, which was disappointing. I, I really wanted her to have more uh, more stuff to do in the film. So again, I, I really hope she comes back for a, a future film and that they focus on her a bit more. Um, there's a scene where Magneto has gone to confront his co-workers and he's going to kill all of them because they talked to the police. And from behind him, Apocalypse shows up with his disciples, right? And he turns around and he says, who the F are you? But he doesn't say F. This is a family podcast for now. Wink. Um, and I got, <laughs> I got really excited because I wanted it to happen and then it did. Um, there's another scene where Apocalypse makes Xavier speak to every single person on the planet and deliver his message of terror, right? And he does that, and then it cuts to them hearing it in the Weapon X facility, and then the Wolverine stuff goes down, right? And then that takes a while. Like, that's a good chunk of the movie. And then they cut back to them standing on the rock outside of Cairo, and they're all just still standing there looking around. What were they doing? I picture Xavier just like, just looking up at them and be like, what are you, what are you guys doing? Nobody's saying anything. You're just looking around. And then Magneto's like, oh, no, it's all right, child, Charles. Listen, Apocalypse, it's really important that he thinks he looks cool. So standing around and looking badass is, it, it, there's a lot of that with Apocalypse. So you gotta, you gotta get on board, right? It's very important to him. Um... I do want to say again, Oscar Isaac did a great job. Despite all the makeup, he still managed to shine through uh, in, in a lot of different parts. And uh, one one last little part. When they join with Apocalypse, they all get this new magic armor, right? And there's a scene where they're just watching him make the armor on Angel. And I'm so glad that they did that. Because I was genuinely watching and thinking, where is he getting all this armor? Where is this stuff? Where is he sourcing this weird plasticine uh, uh, armor stuff. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, I thought I thought it was a lot of fun. I know that it hasn't been uh, the, the best critically reviewed film, but, you know, I enjoyed it. I'm glad that I went to see it. I love X-Men films. I'm glad I saw this one. It's not my favorite. My favorite is X2. Um, but uh, this one, this one was still pretty good. So, uh, that's it. That's it. So uh, before we close the book on another episode, there are a few things I want to share with you. I saw X-Men Apocalypse, and you know what that means. No one wants to know the man who stands to face the outgrowth.